Hi, and welcome to the Dewing Grain podcast. Each week, we bring you the Dewing Grain market report, giving you up-to-date information and insider advice, followed by Farm Chat, where we catch up on agricultural issues while sampling a beer, Andrew's favourite bit. So let's start with Andrew Dewing and this week's market report. Welcome to the market report. What follows are my thoughts or gut instincts on what the market is going to do. It is not an instruction to trade. Any decision to trade is yours. Market report for week commencing 29th of June 2020. Okay, well last week while we were recording uh, our podcast, the oilseed planter Erith had a bit of an explosion. And the dynamic of that has meant that the site is not going to take any more old crop oilseed rape in. And there's a question mark about when it gets up and running again. Uh, We don't know how bad the explosion was, but the point is that that has had an impact on moving all the balance of old crop rate, which has affected us and a number of other companies, and also the dynamic of harvest time. You know, the nearest mill is Erith for all of East Anglian rape. Um, the next one is, apart from our little crush oilseed rape plant in, in Seoul, which doesn't quite cover the volume of tonnes that's going to be out there, is Cargill's um, site up at Liverpool. So that in itself has pushed the veg oil market up. So all of a sudden the meal price, the crushed byproduct has gone up as well. So there's better crush margin. So there is a, is a movement up. But obviously the dynamic for the UK is quite precarious in the sense that I think there's going to be with no boats about at harvest time quite tough to move rape so that could spell some fairly big problems for oilseed rape logistically at the middle of harvest certainly we're working with the mill on our balance of old crop to hopefully get it moved they've got some sort of plan in place Uh, if not then if we tuck it away and keep it over for them that's a space that's been saved for some new crop rape so we're busy trying to reinvent something or i don't know we'll we'll find a way around it as we always do but uh, hopefully they will resolve the problem for us and we'll move it anyway with that um, unfortunate incident as a kind of overrider in the market. The harvest price for rape is at the moment 320 delivered. I think my instinct says as we get closer to harvest, harvest is actually two weeks away. This recent heat wave and I think we're going to be seeing stuff in the first week of July. Yeah, it's coming at us and this is a little bit of a concern. So oilseed rape will be with us before you know it. Right, so let's move on from um, exploding plants to feed barley. Again, the same scenario with um, timing of harvest. I think we will see some barley in a fortnight's time. It won't be particularly pretty, so don't be shocked at its poor yield and its low kilo weight because the stuff that we get cut initially will be the stuff that probably has died. Harvest value for feed barley is currently 120. I do not see that changing for a period of time. There is a number of boats that people have committed themselves to. The price has been higher recently. Once those initial cargoes are filled, I think the price will drop away. So 120x if you need harvest movement. And I think an important point here in my mind as a storekeeper, I've looked at the various commodities that have potential to go up in value because it is always a risk or an educated guess as to whether it's the right or wrong thing to do to put a commodity into store. I've got to say at this moment in time, I cannot see any point whatsoever in putting feed barley into store. You know, haulage into the store cost, the actual storage for the storekeeper and that's not a cheap thing to do nowadays and then haulage out to get to an end market. I don't see with that all of those costs combined being over £20 a tonne by the time you know five are in six pounds out 
and over £10 storage, I don't see the margin being in there to bother. So therefore, the plan for doing grain at the moment for straight feed barley is not to store it, which leads on to another issue that I'm extremely nervous about. We've talked about the malting barley market in, in recent weeks and the potential size of the crop has diminished a bit on the winters because of the difficult spring we had the very dry period and then the rain coming late and that rain pushing the nitrogen into the grain i think is going to increase the number of lots that are too high in nitrogen for malting and i think because of the volume of carryover and the volume of potential spring barley following although there's a risk that might go wrong i you know at the moment this recent weather is has been good and bad but there's a big area and therefore potentially a, a large amount to choose from I think that the malting barley price is going to be in trouble. Therefore, where we've historically been able to perhaps blend and perhaps perhaps service or screen or get stuff into shape so it ends up with a malting premium, I don't think that's going to be a viable option either. So if it's above a certain nitrogen, I think we're going to be chasing our tail if we pretend that it's going to be malting barley. So that pushes it into the feed bin. All right, for store members, we can do, do what we call the resurrection bin. We can put some aside and say maybe later in the season there'll be a job for that where someone will pay up for some higher nitrogen barley of a certain variety we can segregate it but um, as we sit staring down the, the barrel if you like of harvest coming at us it doesn't feel like a sensible thing to do again sometimes your first loss is your best loss and getting it out selling it it's gone I've got the money thanks very much no storage charges is the best route and it just feels like that is going to be the thing to do without a spec winter barley so if any of you are now opening the window ready to jump out, hopefully you're on the first floor. Spring barley is, um, well, as I said, some of it's been benefiting from this recent weather. There were some fantastic rains a week ago, and we've now followed up with a heat wave. Now, the, the heat wave has been, it was a proper rain, so there was a significant amount of water that went into the soil and actually went down there a bit. Obviously, when you have a really hot day, that takes five, six, seven millimetres of rain out in a day, just purely through evaporation and intense demand from the plants to drink if they can. And as I say, the evaporation of the water. So we've had three of those days on the trot, which have had an impact. The further away from the coast you get, the hotter it got, which is, you know, kind of back to that temperate area on the coast, which helps malting barley carry through. And, you know, that might just save some of those or keep them in the right condition. But spring barley, some of them that went in exactly the right moment have actually looked quite good and they've kind of benefited from the rain they're benefiting from the uv and the sunlight the conditions are albeit a bit too hot i think they've come on a bit if they're in strong enough land that's got enough moisture in it some of the other crops you know be it winter barley be it spring barley or be it wheat that went into the wrong conditions or the land simply hasn't got the meat about it to keep going yeah we've got the miseries of large slices of it just died a few weeks ago and it's kind of tried to resurrect itself and now it's you know you're driving along you see these patches look very grim the last 24 hours especially now it's going to rain again i don't see that doing any good to yield or quality or anything i just see it just kind of prolonging the misery and is it creating second growth and will that second growth come to anything or will it just cause us utter misery with green grains in the final sample i really do sound like a grumpy old bloke now don't i you know i'm trying to portray the things we're expecting as opposed to just being miserable back to the spring barley i think some of those could yield quite well and hopefully some of those will have a really good spec on the nitrogen we always have to wait and see at this point my biggest concern is winter barley and the levels of nitrogen that's going to be on it and potentially the levels of screenings so feed wheat old crop feed wheat 
as predicted, you know, there was a point when we were going to find out there was too much of it. We've got to that place. We've got to the 160X was sitting there quite happily as predicted. We were booking it up. We were able to sell it. It was all trading very nicely. Now, all of a sudden, the last 24 hours, it's come at us and hit us between the eyes. So the market has dropped, in our opinion, £3 a tonne. 57X is about the value. And I do not see July fee week going up. I only see July fee week going down. There is too much of it. Farmers have held on to it. I've had a whole load of people saying, oh, I'll let you have it when it gets to 65 and we bid them 60. And they've now been on and said, you know what, you, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll book it. I'm sorry, it's too late. It's gone, that price. And you know, inevitably the grumpiness starts to appear. Now, the reality is greed and fear, you know, it wasn't fear that was keeping you to keep hold of it. It was the other. So let's be real. The price for July wheat is 157x. The price for November wheat at this moment in time is 158x. So there's a tremendous one pound carry. I think July will drop away more than the new crop does. So the carry might increase to two, three, four, or even five pounds, but that isn't worth it. Let's be real. It is only worth it if it's 10 pounds plus. So ditch it. Get it out of your hair. Clean your shed. You're going to need that shed quicker than you realise if this if this weather keeps up. Prospects. The market's £2 lower on B-Wheat than where I was last week on new crop. As I said, I think that the consumer still has to buy. I don't see very much farmer selling at all, now, unless you're all selling it to somebody else because you're fed up with my miserableness. I don't think so. I, I think farmers aren't prepared to commit yet to selling new crop in, in any great strength. Some of the crops, with the recent weather, actually look fantastic, and they're going to yield as well as they've ever yielded. There's some perfect planted stuff that went in exactly the right time, and it just has had a really lovely fill of grain. Moisture's come to save it, and the UV... All of the things that the plant needs to really excel with kilo weight have all happened. And all right, there's still probably five, six weeks to go before we really get into any wheat in earnest. But some of those fields have definitely filled out and they're looking fantastic. Now, that leads on to the fields that didn't go into the right conditions. And some of those, no matter what you did they're never going to get any better. You know, the only thing that can happen now is either it can, it can die out with too much heat or it get ruined by too much rain. It's never going to improve its yield. It's just not in a place that's going to do anything other than create second growth. So I'm afraid, you know, yes, some of the crop has got bigger and some of the crops got smaller. The net result is there is more grain coming than probably we, we thought at the worst moment. So it will be where people were pressing the wheat crop size in the UK to be down to close to nine million tons or less i would say it's nine and a half million tons or more and that half a million tons doesn't make enough difference to stop us importing and doesn't change the price dynamic but it is important that there will be more tonnage out there and let's not forget that some areas are still surplus and some areas are deficit so the uk might well be short overall but if there's no boats piling out of east anglia and there's only so much consumption business to be done, then there is either the farmer's storage or central storage or, you know, someone taking on a store to take wheat in, of which lots of those stores have got grain in that people are carrying. Soft wheat, milling wheats have been put into store because there aren't so many of them planted this previous autumn, which is great for the supply of those things for the consumers, but it isn't great from the perspective if you need to move the wheat. I also think, in true grain merchant style of talking the market down, another thing to consider is, and we, and we can't cross this issue until we get to harvest and we see the weather forecast, is if we have a wet harvest, a difficult harvest, that will create a lot 
lot of angst because there aren't many places for it to go. And if you take the boats out of the equation, you haven't got the place to shove wet grain and get a minimal drying allowance. If anyone puts the stuff into store with bugs, with mycotoxins, with all the things you have to do, you have to dry it. And if you dry it, it costs money. And that, you might say that the storekeeper rubs his hands. But I think if there's a lack of places for it to go, and there's a problem with the actual physical harvesting, because if you leave it waiting for it to be dry and the weather forecast just ruins the crop, you lose more than the drying charge in the first place. Your weight loss goes down dramatically, not just because of the weight loss when you dry it, but your kilo weights drop. Every one kg off your kilo weight is is like um, 1.2% actual loss so it's one of those things where the weather forecast is bad i've got to cut it because otherwise i'm going to lose lots of yield please don't give the storekeeper a load of grief it, the fact he's invested lots lots and lots and lots and lots of money in facilities that have been useless for about four years on the trot or five years you know the dryer is going to be there but what that means is you your grain becomes marketable and you don't lose lots and lots of yield in the process so i'm talking about a wet harvest now everybody and low hackbergs for the poor millers and oh it's all going to be terrible Right, with that cheerfulness, I would like to say this week will be a big week for clearing out old crop wheat. It will be a big week for getting the combine, give it the bath time, sweeping your sheds out. And uh, yeah, we're getting very close. We're on the edge. Thank you for listening. Please remember that any decision to trade on this opinion is yours. Drone Ag has launched Skippy Scout, a new easy to use mobile app which is helping farmers walk crops more efficiently. Skippy Scout automatically flies a drone to capture leaf-level images, which offer vital broadacre crop insight. Skippy Scout is just £30 per month and can be used with most drones. The app is five times faster than walking crops on foot and provides high-resolution images that can help to identify weeds and pests. If you want to see more of your crop in less time, Visit skippy.farm today. And now it's time for Farm Chat. This week we are going to be talking about seed for the 2021 harvest. Each year as a business, for as long as we've been in business, Peter Riley, who works for Pharmacy, comes along and talks to our farmers about the varieties that he recommends for our area going through all of the various commodities that we grow and obviously because of COVID-19 we've not been able to do that this year so I've got Josh with me hi Josh morning everyone he's the guy who trades our seed and he's going to go through the varieties that we're we're particularly looking at and I'm going to let him drive it and I'll put my useless input in periodically and ask the odd dumb question so um what do you want to start with Josh well I want to start with obviously last autumn was awful with really dry hot start to it farmers being encouraged to start drilling later so obviously it was dry they didn't bother drilling and that was to avoid the uh the black grass issue yeah yeah. Uh, and then what they've done since then is it's just rained it rained for what seven or eight weeks pretty much constantly no one could plant anything then people end up muddling it in in lots of areas some areas they got nothing in at all so this autumn we're expecting a big winter cereals planting i mean the fact that people are looking at pulling out of rapeseed and they're losing seed treatments and losing all sorts i think we're expecting wheat and wheat prices are relatively high that they're probably going to plant a, a big wheat crop uh, so i'm going to start with wheat then uh, winter barley uh, okay. touch on rapeseed and then spring barley okay and i mean obviously in some of the wheat the point is we all know this from a marketing perspective that there is you know fallow land has is out there as well as you know there's going to be you're right a massive amount of wheat isn't there let's start with um 
you know, we've got obviously milling wheat, we've got soft wheat, we've got feed wheat. And so you know, we're everybody's, every miller's favourite merchant nowadays through the positive press we keep giving them. Should we start with class one milling wheat? Sure. Class one milling wheat is something that we don't normally, you won't hear us push very often because of our location and how far mills are away. But we're looking this year at Zayat really because it's the highest yielding milling wheat. Does it beat Skyfall? It does, yeah. It's higher than Skyfall by a few percent. And uh, yeah, we're expecting it to be quite, well, it should be quite a good one, um, especially if you're on that heavy land where you can get the proteins. Because milling wheat is, well, this autumn premiums can be £30 over feed wheat, which is pretty substantial. The following year almost certainly won't be anything similar. But still, if, if we can push for a premium, then, then brilliant. And Zayat is the one that we're uh, going to be pushing. I mean, the, the yield of Zayat relative to the highest yielding feed wheats is probably... 10, 11% lower, isn't it? Yes, on paper. But I think in the reality of that is that it probably isn't a long, long way behind. And if you're getting a, pre- a decent premium, then certainly... The point I'm making is 11%. And let's just say that that is the, the theoretical difference. There has to be 11% price difference for starters before you take the risk. Certainly. And what we do is, obviously, we, we've always have pushed barn fillers predominantly because of our location. But if we, we're expecting some, some milling wheats premiums to, to stay around and suppose there's a mill opening up slightly closer to us that will make more sense for norfolk to be an area to grow milling wheat if if you're on the right land type yeah. if, you're, if you're on a light land where you grow low nitrogen malting barley don't bother but if you're on strong land then brilliant i mean we have had successful milling uh, contracts in the past we have done it you know my, my bitter and twistedness came over years of experience so the dynamic of of the uk trade post Brexit is what we're looking at. You know, the UK product, what do we need in this country? What can we grow in this country? And there probably, hopefully, will be a need for there to be an increase in milling varieties. And so we've got to do our part. And I I think that it has an opportunity, perhaps, for some of our growers where they plant it a bit later. They're going to plant something a bit later. Anyway, the yield difference isn't so great. They've got the right land type. It should be without feed wheat exports and feed wheat prices being supported so much it could well be the best option for them is my thinking certainly if you're looking to push for a sort of you know crusoe has been the mainstay of the milling wheat market and and that is going to do well but that is fairly significantly behind on on yield but it does have great good grain quality and yeah it's, oh, just it's, a, it's a fabulous sample but you but the, but it's but it's but too yeah, much yeah, yield penalty, yeah isn't it? exactly a big thing this autumn is going to be uh, varieties high with good septoria resistance. Mm-hmm. Obviously, losing sprays means that the, the reliance actually now goes on to towards um, varieties with good disease resistance. Five yeah. years ago, it was all about yield. Now, it's definitely more about disease resistance. And ones that we're pushing that aren't, aren't in the milling wheat section are Ixtase, which has got the highest septoria rating, Firefly and Gleam. And they it's quite a wide range there. You've got a group two, a group three soft wheat, and then a group four barn filling hard wheat okay to which actually luckily peter riley actually agreed with okay there's, there's less chemicals allowed to be used so the septoria in particular is something that there's an easy chemical being dropped yeah there's a spray that has been useful for septoria but obviously they now can't use that that's been banned and if you get a particularly wet may and june which we haven't had the last few years so we're quite lucky but if we were to get a wet may and june we could see quite a lot of septoria issues in the wheat crop and there's nothing there's no sprays to protect against it so the only way of doing that is getting a variety that is um has got good resistance against it okay so x days is what a hard wheat x days is a group two milling wheat mm-hmm. it is a french variety so uh, 
by all accounts. It, it, it'll do well, especially when it's warm. And it's done very well over the last few years. It's, like I say, it's been really popular. I think actually this autumn, a lot of it has sold out. There's, we've got some available, but we're waiting on yield on that, really. We've gone on the sceptical side of, of what we're expecting to produce for obvious reasons. But yeah, that is going to be very popular this autumn. So that's, um, that one's going to sell out, isn't it? That one's going to sell out, yeah, yeah. Okay, what else have you got that, uh, so for the disappointed X-Days grower, what's uh, what's your next choice? Well, we're, we're pushing Firefly because... Which is, no, no, that's a, that's a this soft, is a group three it? soft wheat, yeah. Regardless of that, it's good yield and it's got good disease resistance. It's the second highest septoria rated variety and makes a good sample it's fully accepted and it's just uh it doesn't really have any have any major weaknesses it's definitely it's got short stiff straw so it's not gonna fall over or you know with a hurricane it would but it's going to be at least one that stays standing in the field anyway which is obviously key two weeks before you combine it and then for the barn filler it is going to be gleam so obviously there's 20 odd varieties on the list for all their own characteristics and benefits but the one that we've found is that's done really well over the last years is gleam it's been on the list for three or four years it's early to mature i think it's on a naught on the recommended list level it's got a big a long drilling window so if we do get an awkward autumn with you're still going to be okay to plant it later on in the season it's got again good disease resistance package it's just it's just generally an, an all-round package i think so i have heard that it's had some issues this year with yellow rust mm-hmm. but by all accounts, yellow rust is it's quite cheap to treat. Yeah, it? it's relatively easy to treat. So while it can be awful for the crop, it's the fact that you can treat it um, is, is actually not not too bad. But Gleam is the one that, that we're going to be pushing the majority of the time. Because if it's on all, all soil types, and if you're not looking for a premium crop, then it's, it's as good as any, in, in our opinion. Looking through the list, we don't major on seed. We try and cherry-pick the best varieties that I think suit our growers on Peter's advice. And normally we're just barn fillers, you know, because our best market is the futures market. And again, mills are quite a long way away. But by the look of it, the look at the list this year, there's quite a lot of soft varieties, aren't there? Yeah, there there is quite a few. Because um, you've meant, you you haven't mentioned um, skyscraper. We've not particularly, but that's a soft, isn't it? Yeah, that is. I mean, of course, we we trade any variety really that's on the list. But these are the ones that we've picked for our area as a recommendation. I mean, of, of course, if your agronomist is saying let's go and grow Graham because it's worked well in your land type for the last three years, then fine, go and grow Graham. But in our opinion, we're pushing these because they're all mid-resistant as well, which is just something... Yeah, no, a, when, when there's a bad mid-year, absolutely. Everyone regrets not, not having thought about it um, after the event. I, d- I will say, there's nothing, Josh, there's nothing wrong in having uh, having varieties that you recommend. Is it The only way you become an expert is by actually saying something out loud in the first place. Lots of people are, are very good at you know post-harvest observations as opposed to pre-harvest predictions and telling people what they should do so you've picked some very good winners in the last few years for our farmers and as long as you can get these other varieties we can trade seed can't we yeah exactly and, and it's been very good good for us in lots of ways just back on that point about so the point i want to make is this coming season 2020 harvest there is a very big premium for soft wheat and a very big premium for milling wheat you mentioned that a few minutes ago and Let's not forget, you know, if anyone's confused as to why suddenly one year there's a big premium and next year there isn't going to be a big premium, 2020 has had a very dramatic drop in acreage and one of the things that suffered the most was milling and soft wheat varieties. They simply didn't go in the ground, so there's a shortage. And you can replace milling wheat easier than you can replace soft wheat in the UK, actually. So I think there's going to be, when we move to 2021 harvest, you can't rely on there being massive milling wheat or soft wheat premiums. Certainly looking at the list for 2021, there is a very 
large number of good disease resistant high yielding soft varieties that are going to be out there and that premium will be i'm afraid dramatically lower the miller will not be paying you extra money for something that he can get pretty well falling off a log but so we're going to be growing it with a view to having a big yield of it as our preference but you know segregation and segregation this coming harvest if you've got a soft variety in the ground and a hard variety and you can segregate and you normally can't be bothered it's worth the effort this year there is some premiums we're going to try and do it at our central stores more than we normally do just to uh, you know we'll get out of bed for it for a 20 pound premium definitely yeah Yeah. I, i think the other thing worth noting the fact that obviously areas down of wheat this year also seed areas down so there could be shortages they're normally that oh, that's that, great i like this well the, normally this is spoken up because they haven't planted this haven't done that it's all maybe it's just a marketing ploy is my opinion on it most of the time but actually this year it is true going to go and inspect one of the fields that, that we've got it looks awful in some areas it's only got one tiller so it's on really light land and, and norfolk at least we got it in there's other areas where it just hasn't hasn't happened book early yeah, I think actually this is a year where I probably would book early, actually. Yeah, Freddie Laker. If anyone old enough to remember Freddie Laker, book early and then stay looking at the TV screen for ages longer than you should. That, that is really for old people, that particular comment. So soft wheat, hard wheat, we've got that nailed. We've got picked our varieties. We've got some X-Days, which everybody wants. Anything else to say about wheat? Um, just going further forward, there's a new variety called Wolverine, which doesn't look exceptional in any way, apart from the fact it is exceptional and that it's BYDV resistant. So in theory, you wouldn't be spraying it for all autumn. But uh, they, they, what they're going to do, I think the premium is going to be charged on the seed anyway, and then there's a, a hectare cost added to that. I'm not 100%. So they've worked out to the penny how much it costs yeah. to spray, and then they're basically going to take all that money in their own pocket, so you haven't got to spray. Look at all the money we're saving you, but it costs them that much in the long run. Anyway. But I guess you could argue that they, they've come up with something completely unique, which then, if, imagine, you plant it, and then it rains for six weeks or like however long, mm. and then you can't get your, your sprayer on there. Yeah, it takes some risk. No, I, absolutely, it's just and no, and the amount of money tied up in uh, in developing a new variety, which can then just be kept and grown, and and people don't pay the royalty on. You need to make your money out on the outset because <laughs> otherwise, there's no point investing in all of that effort to make a new variety. Is but there? unless you're desperate for it, then I, I probably wouldn't bother because it's not exceptional in any other way. Really, it's good variety, obviously, but it's nothing um, really truly outstanding about it. Other than that, in five ten years' time, we could probably see quite a lot of wheats that are all BYDV resistant. So so bear that in mind could be of interest. Okay, that'd be good. All right, so you move. What should we move on to next? Winter barley. Yeah. Okay. For a feed barley, obviously we we've been pushing all well and it seems to have done really well over the last few years and it hasn't really dropped off any issues. We don't major on feed barley. Our, our big market obviously is winter malting barley. This autumn. We're expecting craft to be the big mainstay for us. A lot of it's really what what maltsters require, and craft is is the main one. That you know, it's the one that we can easily sell. Yep. It doesn't really have any major weaknesses. It's not like venture that it's kind of all over the place and has very tricky. No, it's a years. good it's a good farmer's variety. It, yeah, it stands up. It's got a bold sample. The nitrogen level is generally okay, especially if the yield is up there. Now, we're, we're delighted with it. And it's great to have one mainstay variety as what we're doing all of the time. I mean, we, there was a point where we ran out, everybody ran out of craft seed last autumn, didn't they? Yeah. And then we ended up with some electrum going out. Yeah, there. which actually looks 
brilliant. Um, I must say, looking at some looking at some of the fields, considering the year, Electrum looks fantastic. So the problem is the the, the market, isn't it? There, yeah, isn't, exactly. Yeah. The, so the thing we want you to grow for our customers is going to be craft because it is the variety that they are all using and they all like. And if we can just get craft grown, it makes our life easier at all of our stores. We ended up with having to have some Electrum, which yeah. is kind of irritating because of intake and you know separate bins and so on yeah of course but for this autumn um unless and we can't see any major coming through there there is a new interesting couple of things happening on the winter barley i have heard rumors of a six row malting which would be pretty awful for Norfolk, yeah. for traditional uh, malting winter malting barley growers but uh, there's also a low gn variety which is coming through which there won't be any seed available and even if there was there's not really a market for it anyway but that that's one that we're really excited about well, so. they, they mentioned that in the, on adams and howling and uh, crisps uh, plant to pint vessel was the yeah, variety vessel, wasn't yeah. it? and low gn is all of you who know you suffer this glycosidic nitrite which if you put through the brewing process is fine but if you put through the distilling process eventually you can end up with a small amount of hydrogen cyanide so it can't be used for distilling that's the difference a low gn variety now it's a winter barley that's low gn and that that could be a game changer but it isn't going to be a game changer for several years at the moment all of that is coming from the spring barley stable but it's certainly one to watch it's certainly one we won't have any seed of for a year or two no but let's let's see it might it might be something that takes off and certainly it'd be great for norfolk because again we have that natural low nitrogen growers that because of the coast because of the climate we have specifically here we do produce that marvelous low nitrogen sample don't we yeah and if there is a big six row variety that people can grow around the country expect malting premiums to be pretty awful so if you can get a good premium on a on a winter malting barley because it can go into distilling then brilliant yeah i mean the, the six row winter barley will spend our time booing whenever they walk on the stage if you like yeah. it's not great for us six row barleys have a tendency to have some of the grains in there exceptionally large and then the ones that kind of fit on the side are, are twisted and slightly thinner so it could have screening issues and hopefully the two rows will be significantly yielding significantly high enough to keep them at bay certainly up to this point we've managed to avoid six row malting barleys um, coming onto the pitch in our country um, so hopefully that will remain the same just selfishly for good old Aylsham grain doing grain and all of the stores that uh, that service our farmers yeah back to feed barley the yield of feed barley this coming harvest is not going to be that spectacular i don't think nope um and and we're expecting potentially there to be a few kilo weight problems but it's still going to you know volume has done very well for three years yeah for hybrid variety put be pushing towards something like that definitely yeah okay right so that naturally moves on to spring barley spring barley these last few years is seen the slow decline of concerto it's been an amazing variety it still is a great variety i think from ollie's point of view it's still really easy to sell it's the one that they'd like it they'd like to get hold of but the problem is they're not willing to pay enough for premium to get farmers to grow it so obviously coming through the laureate's been around for a few years now that's now the big mainstay done fantastically we've actually found we found last year that diablo done really well and that ollie's again got a good customer base based on that so we've pushed quite a few of our growers into into diablo i think diablo is a great farmer's variety it again really yeah. stands up and the sample was incredibly bold and um you know we we are blessed that we have the right nitrogen so we can be able to supply under one six nitrogen barley and if it's a distilling market that you're aiming at 
that's why you know lots of the contracts are in this area because we just have the weather the fact that we've got Laureate and Diablo my favorite is Diablo on the basis of the samples I saw last year both did well I think the tail end Laureate was more inclined to get a little bit split and I wasn't comfy with how it ended the combining period some of it got pushed into the feed bin or failed on germination quicker than the Diablo did so from purely a selfish growers perspective I think Diablo takes it but the most important thing in a year where you're oversupplying barley is what does the customer want and so if they turn around and say Laureate yeah exactly but you're you're right the last we've had a few issues We've had more issues with Laureate on intake than we have done with Concerto ever had, yeah. or, or with Diablo. So this year, we'll be pushing Diablo. I think long-term, that's the, that's going to be a mainstay, really is. I can't see any real challenges just I yet. mean, and Concerto's still there, isn't it? Concerto's still been grown, yeah. Well, there's still customers who want specifically exactly. Concerto. So. And plus, there are farmers that still like growing it. They know how to plant it. They understand the variety. They they can get a good crop off it. So yeah, it's a bit like picking Grant Holt for Norwich, isn't it? You're number one on the on the sheet because you know he's going to score. Exactly. Yeah. Those well, were the, I, yeah. those were the days. <laughs> Norwich relegated probably. Oh man, they were rubbish the other night. Do you yeah. not think awful? Yeah. I've got to say, I actually would rather I watch football the other day with with the sound off because it's just so boring. <laughs> I love watching football, but it's just without fans, it just isn't anything special. Yeah, no, I know. I, I, I think um, you know we, we're resigned to uh, relegation, which is fine. Uh, you haven't got Ipswich fans singing songs going going down or whatever that Norwich shared out last year. Should we say congratulations to Liverpool? Yeah, they, we should. Is there going to be a spike? You know, in I, I actually texted uh, Phelan, my old mate from Ireland, because he's a big Liverpool fan, and I, I said, you know, congratulations, you must be. You know, it's a long wait, and he said. Uh, he said, you know, the thing is, it's uh, the club has been completely turned around ethos-wise. You know, it's not just about that team. It's the whole thing that Klopp has done, top to bottom of the club, and their attitude in there, and their outwardness in, the so- in society. And, you know, it's a really strong business and a strong club now. And if, if he wants a player, his chairman just gave him the money to go and get him. You know, Van Dijk, brilliant signing. Yeah, unbelievable. I think I watched something of Jürgen Klopp this morning, and he said that how much... Uh, Liverpool means to the city as in how much the football team means to the city and how passionate they are mm. and he's trying to encourage the players to, to live have some of that passion and, and show what the city feels so it's, I think it's, he's done a, he's done a great job I must say I like I really am a big fan of Jurgen Klopp well if, if they haven't caught COVID-19 from yep. getting together last night in Liverpool and hugging each other or going to the beach on um, on Saturday or joining the, the marches recently, then they've won the league and they aren't diseased, they'll be fine. But as, yeah. as there's a whole host of social distancing issues that occurred last night, which I, I'm sure Liverpool fans, yeah, they, they can justify it because it has been a very long wait and, and their mates from down the road have been teasing them mercilessly for lots of years. So, yeah, good on you, Liverpool. Yeah. Good for you, Phelan, and, and, you know, as I say, many, many trophies to follow. Well, we went off track there, didn't we, Josh? Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Is there a new spring barley coming? That's the next question. Uh, there is, but there's there's quite a few coming through, but there's nothing really to focus on. So Diablo, Diablo, let's just talk about yeah, that. Yeah, let's, let's go Diablo. We're, we're happy with it. Farms will be happy with it. It yields really well. And until something comes through to really take that, then I don't see the point in changing. Okay. Altered rape. Also grape, um, yes, if you're looking for a hybrid variety, we've actually found last year and this year again, really has done really well. It's also turnip yellow virus resistant, which is kind of a bit like BYDV for, for barley or the equivalent to. And so yeah, anything that's resistant to that, we're, we're going to be pushing. But Aurelia is the one that, that done well. Okay. You, you might pay a premium for it, potentially. 
but it, it's still it's a great variety. Do, We've got access to that. Okay. Yeah, DK imprint on oil seed rape Clearfield varieties. If you've got a high uristic acid issue, then uh, DK imprint is the mainstay from our point of view. There is a yield penalty, but it will uh, give you the opportunity to to clear up a lot of your uristic acid issues. Okay, that's that's good advice. Is there anything else that we're we're getting these guys to grow? Beans, I don't think peas? so. Beans. Well, we're expecting winter beans to be winter beans aren't a massively popular crop locally uh spring beans always have been and, and vertigo has been the variety is the one that that our consumers want to buy the most uh and the farmers have really enjoyed enjoyed doing it's, it's been around for probably six or seven years but it, it's definitely a great variety makes a good sample gives you a break gives you a first wheat gives you a first wheat yeah the returns on beans have not been great the gross margin i mean the best gross margin still is first wheats largely isn't it unless you get an absolute stonking malting barley crop like last year which in a normal year uh, it wasn't a normal year there was 20 to 25 percent increase in yield and some of our guys had prices that they'd prefixed over 200 pound a ton so our greatest performer in terms of gross margin was even though there's some big wheat yields was spring barley unfortunately those prices aren't quite there at the moment and the potential for the yield to be as good as that aren't there either but the winner is always you know in a year like that spring barley took the medal didn't it it did um, actually, I must say, I'm, I'm working on a presentation that I would normally have done at Anglia Farmers. So I will be sending out on email. If you would like to be on the list that gets it, please could you email me at josh at doinggrain.co.uk. It's just why we pick the varieties, the disease resistance, drilling dates, and things like that, really. Yeah, great. So you got that email josh he will send out his thoughts and uh, and then you can keep them and then next year when it's all dead in the fields you can find them up and blame him that's the way it, i think the way it, way it works best that's and fine if he's right it's like shh yeah <laughs> yeah that's the thing when there's a seed issue you know but when everything goes right you never know so yeah exactly so we we we're on a good run with that it's done well and we've got it out on time and all that no news is good news yeah. and, and yeah that's the thing expect this year that got you know whatever happens in harvest if we end up raining or whatever seed processors have now got so many different varieties to process to go through that changing varieties all the time is i mean if they reduce the list down by probably 10 that'd be more useful but and and every everyone is going to want this get their wheat really early because they're going to be ignoring their agronomists and planting it first and second week in September because they don't care about the black grass they just want to plant the wheat because they were scared of last year Uh, everybody farms like they should have done last year Exactly. So therefore, swim against the tide. Yeah. Only Hold the line, the don't plant it. No, no, you never will get it right if you you can only guess and look at the weather forecast and make an assumption that it's going to stop raining, which nobody could have guessed it did what it did. So, you know, you're all forgiven. Yeah, hopefully we'll we'll still get something good out at the end of it. Okay, I think it's time to have a have a Swifty, isn't it? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Check full time. Should we go and pick one from the fridge? Yeah, why not? Oh, you've got younger legs. I'll go get them, hold on. <laughs> Josh has used his uh, springy zingy legs and rushed off and bought two strange-looking beers back. Well, I've got this is Japanese, isn't it? A Kuchi Kuchi Brewery. Oh, I'm not too good on reading Japanese writing. Well, it's sold in ounces, which is very American, isn't it? So well, obviously... is that the same stuff? Is it... No, where's yours from? Uh, mine's from Glasgow. It is um, Disco Forklift Truck, and it's a mango pale ale, and. Oh, yeah, I don't know why they're focusing so much on a forklift truck, which because all the blurb on the back is forklift truck, but that has no relevance to beer in my opinion. But it's yeah, it's funky. It's, it's a, mango. It's got mangoes in it. Again. Yeah, it's got mangoes. Here yeah. we go. Well, mine. I, I obviously I've just brushed up on my uh, Japanese, and uh, it is from uh, Nakashi 
Ibaraki, Japan. I think that's what it says, yeah. And um, it also says, ale brewed with spices and orange juice. Yay. Okay. Very pale. Must be the orange juice. Ooh, actually, I quite like that mango. Do you? Oh, it's quite nice, yeah. Refreshing. I wouldn't want to drink 20 of them, but... On the same evening. Being a relation and all that, I'm going to have a drink of yours and you can have a drink of mine. My yeah. immediate thought that was, I can taste the orange juice in it. Goodness knows why you actually import Japanese beer back to the UK. It's kind of a bit silly, isn't it, in the great carbon-neutral world we're supposed to live in. But I suppose novelty is novelty. Yeah. It's Hitachino Kest White Ale. Okay. Sounds lovely. Hustle. So we're going to wander off into the sunset with... Um, the heat wave's still with us, no thunderstorms yet. The weather forecast for the weekend is rain. Yeah. Well, that's kind of good, you know? Yeah. You'd rather it was raining today, so you had... I'd rather it, I'd rather it rained, yeah, like Actually, maybe Monday or to Josh Friday. Had, Josh had a day off and I got him in for this, so he's, he's, his day off, he's only got a hole in the middle of it. It's not like I can do a lot. Actually, been mackerel fishing quite a lot. That's been quite good fun. Off the coast of Munsley. Yeah. Secret spot. Can't tell anyone. I'm heading up to Munsey straight after this because we've just... If someone wants an update on the housing market, um, doing properties have just completed on their first post-COVID house at list price, and there's another one going through next week. So it looks like house prices in East Anglia or ski areas where there's like lots of space and you've got fast fibre broadband and all that stuff, where there hasn't been any COVID at all, is popular. People trying to buy it 10% cheaper and everyone said no and they're still buying the houses. And the, the level of interest from London is enormous. Anyway, right, with that, look forward to uh, another week of, uh, of the crop finishing off and two weeks from now, harvest time. Yeah, I got told 10 days yesterday, so that'd make it nine days, but you, you get the drift. Rape or barley? Barley. And is it supposed to be coming to our store? Probably. Well, we got an empty bin, haven't we? <laughs> anyway, with that happy thought, have a lovely yeah. week. Thank you very much. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to get new episodes as they're released. Dew and Grain are independent and local grain traders. From seed supply to harvest movement and storage contracts, we can supply you with the best strategies to help you achieve the highest prices for your harvest. Call now on 01263 731 550 or email info at dewinggrain.co.uk or follow us on Twitter. We are at dewinggrain. The Dewing Grain podcast is produced by Tinshed Productions in conjunction with East Coast Design Studio. 